Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast. Your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern, great game day experience, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bow, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome in to another Auburn Live show. Glad everybody could join us. This is our Monday morning quarterback edition. We're going to do this every Monday morning, and we're going to talk about the game. And it's the Monday morning quarterback edition because we're talking to former Auburn quarterback, Ben Leard. So it makes a lot of sense. Ben, what's up, man? Not much, Hug. How are you, buddy? Good, good, man. So you're at the beach. That's nice. Hanging out? It is. It is. We're hanging out. Had a little a, uh, volleyball tournament this weekend. and Had a, a mini, mini Labor Day vacay after uh, – they had a good showing, won the tournament. I finished up yesterday, so we spent a little time on the beach, ate some good seafood, so uh, and then watched some good football. So it's been a good weekend, man. Nice, nice, nice. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, so we're so we're going to do this. I'm excited about this. So every Monday morning, we'll do a we're going to launch the Monday morning quarterback um, podcast, basically. So this will be the review of the game, um, and. Uh, Auburn 60, Akron 10, man. Let's just jump right into it. Um, good crowd uh, was at the game. Probably, I don't know what the official attendance was. Probably close to 80. Um, uh, 80,000 people. Um, cool to see all the fans and everything back in there. Um, really exciting, exciting atmosphere. Um, what were your impressions? Just give me, give me some kind of some broad, broad impressions of, of what you saw and, and what you thought of this game. Auburn 60. Akron 10, uh, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to digest and dissect, but what were your kind of, what did you walk away from immediately saying after that game? Well, I think the number one thing I walked away from in that game is that you beat a team the way that you were supposed to be that specific team. 
you and I both, you know, you, you didn't assume that Akron would, would really be competitive in the ball game. And, you know, granted, they, they aren't a very good football team, but Auburn performed the way that you would have expected them to winning a game 60 to 10, dominating on all facets of the side, you know, all sides of the ball, facets of the game. So I walked away from that and, and kind of seeing and having a good feel for what Brian Harson does or takes into each and every game. I would fully expect the same type of execution, the same type of result for next weekend's game. Um, you know, not a situation of calling the dogs off, for lack of a better term. So, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the the level of discipline, the execution, the uh, you know the 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 play in play out kind of scenario for them on all sides on offense and defense. So, I walked away from it feeling good, very very uh, very optimistic as to what I would presume would happen for the remainder of the season. I, I, I thought it was a good showing, especially for his first game. Yeah, I think that's the challenge in this game is I, I think it's how do, you, how do you take what you saw and keep it all into perspective because uh, Akron is very bad. Uh, wow, they were worse than I thought they you know, would be. I mean, I know they weren't great. They were not good. Um, and there's a lot of FCS teams that would probably beat Akron they just, you know, not a lot going on going on there. I mean, just just some just some real struggles. So Akron Akron's bad. We get it, um, but I think there is something to be said about beating a team the way you're supposed to beat them. It doesn't always happen that way. I mean, Oklahoma probably wasn't supposed to beat Tulane by five. Um, so there is something to beating a team actually worse than you're supposed to beat them. People people I think the line was 37. They won by 50. And it could have been it could have been worse than that. And Auburn looked really sharp. No turnovers, a couple penalties. But other than that, you know, really sharp. Onyx 20 of 22. So yeah, I think I think you just got to keep in perspective. Akron bad, but I think the important thing for this team was gaining building confidence. I think they've got confidence. I think it's just building it and growing it. Um, gaining confidence in the new schemes. And just, man, having a good feeling of winning a football game with the new staff, just kind of getting that under your belt and maybe getting some of those first-game jitters out of the way. You look through, I pulled up, just kind of wanted to run through some of the big-picture stats. Um, Akron, I mean, first downs, 28-12 to Auburn. Akron, negative three rushing yards for the game. Auburn had 316 rushing yards. Um, of course, the sacks, you know, Auburn had six sacks, so that, that factors into that rushing. But negative three, it's the least amount of rushing yards Auburn's given up Gosh, maybe since the Florida game in 2001, um, when that, that crazy game when they gave up like net minus 30 or something. Um, but 316 yards rushing for Auburn, 9.9 yards per rush for Auburn, um, 297 passing. So you talk about balance, 316 rushing, 297 passing. Uh, Bo Nix, we talked about 20 of 22 passing for 275 and, and, uh, and three touchdowns. Tank Bigsby, great night. 119 yards on on 13 carries. Matter of fact, Bigsby's yards per carry was 9.2, and that was the lowest of the four running backs. He averaged 9.2. Jarquez Hunter um, had a huge second half, nine carries for 110 yards and a touchdown, 12.2 yards a carry. Shivers had a couple of carries, 
Um, and, and Sean Jackson had a couple of carries, both with 12 and 11 yards per carry each. By the way, Sean Shivers carried the ball twice and scored a touchdown and caught the ball once and scored a touchdown. So he had three touches, two touchdowns. That's a good percentage for, uh, for Sean Shivers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just total domination. And Auburn did all this on 58 plays. So you're talking about 600-plus yards of offense, 60 points, incredible balance, four of six on third downs, and, and they did all this on just 58 plays, which was less than even Akron had. So Well, you know, Hocus, and we, you and I both said it before we, as we were getting on the phone, Speaking in terms of, of Bo Nix, right? So, I mean, it's difficult to go 20 for 22 on air, just in just in execution and scaling, things like that. That's tough. But much less to do that against even an opponent, period, is difficult as well. So the execution there is good. No turnovers was phenomenal. Tank Bigsby's going to be tank. And I think that's what you can go into that game and know that he's going to put yards. Dirk West Hunter's a young man. I think that they're going to have to rely on him in order to be that reserve guy to spell tank in very crucial times. They're going yes. to have to rely yes. on Dirk West Hunter to get some key yards when tank just is, is tired. Or, you know, whatever it is, if you're going to win the games that you're not supposed to win, or if you're going to compete in the SEC, you have got to have a number two guy Yeah. that if he's not just as good as your number one, man, there is not much difference. And and I fully expect Jarquez Hunter to be that guy. Um, you know, and, and like you said, man, Akron was not good. They're, they're not good. But – as far as as motivation, as far as a confidence builder, for the last eight months they've been beating up on each other. It wouldn't have mattered if they would have played Opal like a high school. Uh-huh. Dude, just getting a win, just giving Brian Harson the game ball, yeah. seeing seeing how excited these guys were to sing the fight song in the locker room with passion like they did in the coach die days like we did when coach Tubbs was there this it it felt good man it felt really really good and really gets you to a point of you know it's a lot of optimism surrounding the program you are a hundred percent right that there's got to be some relativity to it and I, but I think it's really really good building blocks very good building blocks right now yeah, you mentioned Harson, by the way, um, and you're right. He he was as happy as I've seen him so far. Obviously, we have very limited interactions with him. It's just, he just coached his first game, um, but in general, after practices and things like that, he's just he's just really serious. He, he's 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 just not gonna. He's not the kind of guy that's gonna, um, you know, break out of the mold. He's just a business like guy. And watching him after the game, man, he was pumped. He was ha- he was hugging his family. He goes over to the student section after the game, like after everything. You know, most people have cleared out. You know, he's kind of making his way to like. He goes to the student section, tips his cap, takes his hat off, gives them a hand, um, pumps his fist to them, gets them fired up. Um, 
so yeah, he was he was soaking that one in. He, he was enjoying that first win and just kind of almost like a, you know, just a deep breath of okay, game one of 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 his era at Auburn underway done. It went well. All right, now let's go. You know, let's go win. Let's go win games and build a program and do all that. You could definitely see that in him, and I was glad to kind of see that um, moment. But it's so funny, like you, so you see that out of him, and then I watched the Auburn football review. And Andy Burcham asks um, Brian Harson. He says, "Hey, just sort of take me inside, um, or it might have been Brad Law in the post game. I don't remember, but somebody there said, just take me inside. You know, walk, through, go walking through Tiger Walk, and 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 you know, being in that locker room for the first time, you know, and you're thinking, you know, you know, you're expecting Harson to be like, you know what, man, it's just what an unbelievable, you know, you you want that kind of emotional response. That's what you're going for. And Harson's like." Yeah, it was great. You know, Tiger Walk was, was was great. It was just so dry. You know, it's like we've never done yeah. Tiger Walk under and a part of that. And so that was awesome. You know, and you're like, you know, it, he's just it's so funny, man. That guy, that guy's all business. But um, but and yeah, I I'm think, sure he's glad to have that one under his belt. Yeah. Hoke, I think what we're gonna what we're gonna witness from him is that he is so dialed in to as far as the preparation to pregame through Tiger Walk, that it's – that in the event of a win, he – I think he's one of those guys that almost mentally permits himself to probably maybe 30 minutes, you know. And and, and then he, he flips the switch and it's on to the next one. And I, I think – I think that's what you got. And I – and you, you – it's just a different – it's just a different mode that yeah. he's so dialed in that he, as an Auburn fan, it's difficult for someone not to be enamored by Tiger Walk. It really is. Right. But, you know, I, I think I think maybe once he gets through a couple of them, I mean, obviously the one that he's going to have on October the 9th is going to be a little – it's going to hit different. Yeah. I mean. When when George is in town, it's just gonna hit different. So way different. It's one of before that you're gonna Georgia State and Alabama State. I mean, it's gonna be exactly. So Ooh. you know, so I, I just think in, in watching how and he did. I you know you watch him come to the student section and you watch him tip his cap and and and, and applaud everybody. I do think that it's just in his personality that it's like he permits himself a small window of celebration. <laughs> Dude, all I'm, and, by and, the way, all I'm thinking about is, is <laughs> you've got me on this. Have you seen the movie Dodgeball? All you've got me on <laughs> is the movie Dodgeball when White Goodman is in his office and he's got the donuts in front of him and he's teasing himself with the donuts. And if he goes to take the donut, he shocks himself. Yep. That's all I can think about right now is Brian Harson. Like the donuts are like his his one little excitement that he'll he'll allow himself to have, but not too much. You know, it's like it's like all right, all right, enough. Back to the process. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and it's and and what's crazy is that we're you know even from a media standpoint, you're not accustomed to that, and so you and it's almost like a teaser, right? So Brad Law or or Andy Burcham saw him doing his thing at the student section. And so they think, all right, man, prime opportunity to have a coach 
to show some emotion. Let's, let's build off of that. And then he shuts it down. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's, he's done at that point. He's had his celebration. He's done his cheers. He's earned a little, little bit of fan equity and he moves on to the next one. So he, he gives himself that shock right after it's all said and done and, yeah. and you know, relives the dodgeball scenario. <laughs> all about the process with him, man. So, so Brian Harson's pumped. Um, and you're right, that Georgia game. Woo. Um, but we got lot to lot to happen before that game. Um, let's talk about Bonex real quick and, and and stay on the offense. Obviously, twenty of twenty two. We talked about throwing against air. Could have been twenty one of twenty two. I mean, there was a there was a pass to Hudson. I remember that was dropped. It hit Hudson's hands, but it was a little behind him. But you know, it, it probably could have been caught. Um, here, here's my impressions of of what I saw from both. Thinking about it more, um, I thought. Clearly, it's, a, it's an offense that will help him. Clearly, he's going to have – I mean, look at John Samuel Shanker has five catches. Um, and I don't know that he's dropped a pass ever in his career. Um, Shanker had nine catches last year. He's got five after game one. Um, the last time an Auburn tight end, by the way, caught double-digit passes was C.J. Uzoma catching 11 in 2013. So Shanker's halfway to that after game one, and he'll have the most catches by a tight end by the Penn State game in almost 10 years. Yep. Um, but but Shanker catching five balls, Shedrick Jackson catches five balls. So that's half your completions. And Shedrick had the you know the deep post route, but then some of those other stuff were pretty easy, you know, stop. I think maybe an out route, like some fairly uh, simple stuff. Um, my impressions are offense is better for him, clearly. More options. He seems more comfortable. There was a great check down. If you go back and watch the pass to Tank Bigsby out of the backfield, Bigsby's one catch. That was a that was a check down. That was a flag. Yep. And he and, and that's the one that Brian Harson was, I think that's the one that Brian Harson was talking about post-game when he said he was dissecting Bo Nix's decision making. He said, I loved his decision making. And he specifically talked about a play where they were going to take a shot and it wasn't there and Bo checked it down. I think it was that one. If you go back and watch, he che- he looks, 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 and then he hits Bo I mean, tank and it's 22-yard gain because he checks it down. And he, and, he, and he could have run out of the pocket, too. It's one of those things where last year he might have just taken off. He easily he started to. He took a step and stopped and stayed, stayed there and then delivered it to Bigsby. So there were some really good things, really good things. But I think still a lot to build on, like if we're being real. Like even some of the completions, I think if you go back, could have been a little more accurate. Um, I mean, when, you're, when you play against the Georgias or, or A&M or LSU or Alabama, whatever, those DBs are going to be on them. So there's some passes that – that he can improve on and, and he can build on in terms of accuracy. I mean, Akron's DBs were nowhere to be found most of the night. So, um, so I think, I think it's, I think it's, it's clearly his job. I think the Finley talk should be over. Um, Finley came in was, I thought, you know, whatever, he, he didn't really get a, a ton of opportunities. He, he looked okay. He, there's a couple of passes that weren't great. Um, but, but Bo's the guy. I think now Bo's the guy. To me, the talk about yeah. what happens if Bo struggles at Penn State, to me, that's done. That should be over with. I think I think Bo performed really, really well, and and he's he's the guy. I don't think there should be any of that talk. But I do think there's a lot of room for improvement, and we won't really know against Penn State when the when the pressure's dialed up, and then does he revert back to old habits? But the most important thing with Bo is let's take the small wins, and let's say he stayed in the pocket. There's some, you know, he, he checked down. He did some good things to build on, and that's what you want to see from him. Kind of some baby yeah. steps building up. It's not just going to – I mean, you know, I guess it could be like Joe Burrow, and it could just be overnight. You're a completely different quarterback. Um, but I don't – but Bo, I don't think it's – you know, Bo has two years of kind of some, I think, bad habits to, to break out of. So, uh, you know, I think, I think 
there's different ways to grade him. If you want to be really hard on him, you can say, hey, lots to improve on. Could have been, but, but, but if you want to take the two years into account before and then now look at it and you keep trying to keep it in perspective, you'd say, man, really, really happy. I'll say, I'll take that all day. Give him an A. Absolutely. And I mean, and, all right, so put it in to really put it into perspective. Let's, let's go one step further and say this is his third offensive coordinator in three years. Yeah. It is, it's his first true game type situation of this third offensive coordinator and really probably the offensive coordinator of the three and Mike Bobo, Bobo that expects perfection, that, that has a level of expectation for a quarterback like Bo Nix that is nothing that he is accustomed to. And, you know, that play that you mentioned earlier in the sense that I think shows a level of maturity and development and really, really kind of shows me that he's listening to coaching is just because they mention taking a shot or they call a shot play, the Bo Nicks from last year would have forced whatever ball to Seth Williams. Right, but yes. They would, he would have forced that shot, right? And, and if he didn't throw the ball in triple coverage, he would have tucked it and ran. So in, in the evolution of Bo Nix and the, the result of Mike Bobo's coaching, I truly think that he's matured to the point that just because we call a shot play doesn't mean that it has to be taken. And I, I, I'm certain of it that somebody has reminded him that, hey, buddy, just because that post or that go is not wide open, don't forget that we've got one of the best running backs in the country yeah. that is your check down. Get him the freaking ball. And that's, that's one of the things that when you've got multiple weapons – you don't, as a quarterback, you don't have to be solely focused on one particular guy. You feel confident enough in the back of your mind to give it to everybody, and they can make a play for you. And I think at this point, I think that's something that, that Brian Harson and Mike Bobo are really drilling in the head of those kids in that quarterback room of, look, you, your job is to take the snap and get rid of the ball. Give it to the guys that are more athletic than you yeah. that we call plays for them, and they're there to make plays for Albert. And I, I think that's, that's part of his development. And it's one that's it's going to be tested a little bit in the first two weeks, but it's really going to be tested in Happy Valley in a few weeks. But I, I think the good thing is that you look at this and you look at his throws, you look at some of the accuracy, I think you're spot on, Hoke. And when you talk about, you know, when it comes to the Georgias, when it comes to the A&Ms, when it comes to throwing a ball against Stingley, against LSU, it, you cannot miss from one shoulder to the next. Right. They've got – you've got to be deadly accurate in those particular games. And I think – that's probably what they're going to drill down on when they look at the film today or when they look at it, you know, later this week or where they really dial into, all right, what are some things we can do better? And I, it's a major opportunity for self-assessment. It's yeah. a major opportunity for constructive criticism. And I think these are the things that Bo Nix needs to hear 
they're most importantly things that he needs to take in and not have anything to say about it. Don't react. Be coachable. And I, that's something that Mike Bobo is really, really good at is, is the, the development of his quarterbacks and kind of realizing and doing some self-assessing and leading into, into you know, individual weeks and leading into big games. Yeah, it's just so refreshing to listen to Mike Bowen and Brian Harson um, talk about you know talk about things compared to you know what we're used to with with, with Gus. He just didn't get anything. Um, it was like his answer was just so vague. But with with Harson, it's um, he's just so about the process, and you can tell, man, it is every little thing. That's the only thing he cares about. Um, he, you know, it's, 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 it's all the little stuff. Um, and so I think that's what this team, I think that's what, what this team needs. And that's why I'm curious to see this team continue to develop because it's potentially got the recipe. We'll, we'll find out in Happy Valley, but you have a team that's got some talent, but that's underrated, that's kind of forgotten about, that has a new coaching staff that's all about every little thing. You've got the recipe for – a team that is as dialed in as you could probably possibly be. Try, everybody's trying to impress the coaches. Everybody's trying to find their place on the depth chart. Um, everybody's trying to prove the critics wrong. And they're just dialed in to, to this new staff and every little thing they say, and every little detail. And, um, I mean, it could, it could result in a very, very, very prepared football team. Well, we they're – they're super hungry for some type of acceptance. Yeah. You know, they, they want some level of positivity from, from somewhere outside of their own locker room. Like they, they know how talented they are from the standpoint of they know they can run fast. They know they can jump high. They know they can throw and tackle and, you know, all those kind of things. But it's the, it's the skepticism that they've been met with from, kind of the outside noise you know it's the 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 joe goodmans of the world which i know that's one of your favorites to you know those guys that that talk so negatively about everything dealing with them that it's an opportunity for them it's it's opportunity for them to galvanize right to come together kind of take that mantra of us against the world and i'm I'm really excited to see it develop. And right. realistically, and, and we've seen it out of Auburn teams in the past, you don't have to be hitting on all cylinders week one. Yeah. You, you just got to, you got to sustain, and each week is better than the last. And as long as you're playing your, your you know, good, solid football when it's supposed to happen, that's that's the recipe for a really really great year, a memorable year, and I think it's a scenario that these these kids are hungry for that. They're like you said, they're dialed in, they're they're exciting about excited about a new staff, a a new era. Last year was a major disappointment, not only from a from a wins and losses perspective or a production perspective. Last year was tough just in general. I mean, those kids went through stuff that we couldn't imagine, the, the level of testing that they had to deal with and, you know, a lot of the different things that I – I mean, I never was 
never even came close to that type of trial and tribulation on a day in and day out basis. So I think they're just excited to have years like 2020 behind them period and to be looking for something positive to hold on to or positive to happen to them is only going to add more and more fuel to their fire. Um, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they continue to develop. Um, you know, so Bo is the story on offense. <clears throat> Receivers did fine. You know, like we talked about, you know, Shanker and Jackson and, and Robertson caught a few balls and, and Canyon and Capers caught a pass. And so, you know, nothing crazy uh, from the receivers. It was nice to see Shedrick Jackson, the senior, catch five passes for, for 80 yards. Um, you know, I think Brian Harson continues to be really impressed with him as a consistent as a consistent guy. Offensive line obviously did their job. Tight ends, Schenker, um, you know, at times we, we saw a lot of Luke Deal blocking. We saw Tyler Fromm blocking. Um, down near the goal line, we saw I-formation with four tight ends. Um, so, so, you know, that's kind of cool that Auburn has some tight end depth there to – to block and be versatile. Um, again, offensive line did find that this is not a group that's going to blow people off the ball. Um, but we'll just, you know, we'll see. Maybe if they're just, you know, we'll, we'll kind of just have to watch the coaching and the development. And when you got tanked, that'll make up for some things. But we'll see if they can continue to grow. Let's move to defense real quick. Um, man, I thought they were going to shut them out there for a while. They pulled some starters. Akron made a quarterback change. And, uh, and Akron got some momentum, got a drive going. You could tell Auburn wanted that shutout because Akron starts making that drive, the, the one they ended up scoring a touchdown on. And once they crossed midfield, got to about the 40, Auburn, all of a sudden I'm looking out there and I'm like, there's starters back in. There's yeah. four, five, six starters back in. They're like, hold on. Trying to trying to get that shutout. Didn't happen. Um, but, again, the defense was fantastic. I mean, they only gave up, you know, whatever, maybe what was their total yardage for Akron. 188 so only give up 188 total yards in this day and age of college football pretty good um and it also it's pretty bad in this day and age of college football only get 188 yards but um, <laughs> you you there, there's two ways you can spend <laughs> exactly. that good or bad yeah yeah so it was, it was not good but I mean I think what stood out to me on the defense was was the was the pass rush look it's something that we've heard about um Derek Hall's talked about it Chandler Wooten's talked about it these guys have said, hey, our, our pass rush can be dangerous. We've got a lot of speed. And I think you, you, you definitely saw glimpses of that Saturday night. 11, quarter, 11 tackles for loss, six sacks. Um, TD, TD Moultrie had a fantastic game, was the story on defense. Um, seven tackles, three tackles for loss, a, a sack. Um, but that speed, man, when, when you're talking about Owen Papo blitzing, Romello Height did some really good things. Now I, Rob Pate's been really high on him, and I get it now. He, he looked good. He, he um, He's a little undersized. I mean, he's a speed guy, but there was even some times where he took on a tackle and got by him. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just every time Romello just ran around him. There were some times where yeah. he played physical. Iku Leota is a, is a good-sized player, had a sack. It certainly has the size and the athletic ability to play in the SEC. There's no doubt about that. Um. And then, of course, Colby wouldn't play. Got a little banged up, had a brace on his arm. Hopefully he's okay. Um, but I think that's what stood out to me, the, 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 the speed and their ability to mix it up and be versatile and, and get after the quarterback. I mean, on one-third and long, they lined up Derek Hall, T.D. Moultrie, Romello Height, Marcus Harris on the defensive line, and then and Papo walked up on the line and came. So you had Derek Hall, Owen Papo, Romello Height, T.D. Moultrie, and needless to say, they got a sack. On that play, and 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 you think about that. Essentially, those are, 
including including Owen. Those are those are all rush ins. Yeah. You know, I mean, they those are all speed guys, and I, and I think, and I've said this for the longest time, is that the one area and the only area of concern that I have for Auburn's defense is their interior defensive line. Agreed. That's it. I am, I have no doubt Auburn on the edges can keep up with anybody between Wooden and Hall and, and a guy like TD Moultrie, he is a young man that I truly base a lot of comments that I had surrounding, and, and you and I talked about it on one of the last podcasts, surrounding a guy like T.D. Moultrie has got a, a new lease on life. Yep. A, a guy like T.D. Moultrie has been discounted. And, you know, when people talk about, oh, well, Harson didn't have a great recruiting year in his first recruiting, you know, signing day for Auburn. Well, you cannot discount the excitement and the new energy that a new staff brings to a guy like T.D. Moultrie, who was an unbelievable high school football player. He was a tremendous high school recruit. He was a big sign for Gus Malzahn, his staff defensively. But let's, let's call a spade a spade. He had not been a superstar up yeah. until this point. But but the kid has got off sides for me. That's the only thing I know. Yeah. He jumped off sides more than anybody I've ever seen. So I think in that instance, this is a young man that has has gravitated to Derek Mason. Mason is extremely excited about what he has on the defensive side of the football, top to bottom. I mean, everything from Smoke Monday to Wooden. He knows he's got some dogs. And I think it's one of those things, man. If they can sure up the interior defensive front, this is hands down a defense that one that we as Auburn fans could compare to Coach Dye's defenses. You could compare it to those defenses that Tommy Tuberville put on the field. Guys that were not, you know, they're not the John Hendersons of the world that that Tennessee had. They're not going to be six, seven, three forties. They're not going to be, you know, the big defensive lineman from Georgia that they've got, you know, those kind of guys, but they will absolutely 100% get after you. And more times than not, man, that's going to win you. That's going to win you big plays. And I think these kids do it for sure. Yeah. That's a good, that's an interesting comparison. <clears throat> and you're right. That, that does, that does make me think of, um, you know the the defenses of 15 years ago when when uh it wasn't all about you know well just a couple of years ago think about i mean auburn has a Derek brown and marlon davidson's your defensive end and he's 295 or 300 and you know you just kind of had some big boys but yeah i think that's a good comparison um but yeah a bunch of speed of course and then you throw in zacoby mclean who 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 is a problem as well so they they can run and i'm with you on the interior defensive line i'm with you completely they weren't tested there you know akron you know, here's the crazy thing. Go back and watch the first two drives. Akron had some success running the ball. Um, yeah. they did. I'm not saying that they were dominating, but they did have some success running, and it just got out of hand real quick. Um, yeah. 
but that is the, that is the question mark. Tony Fair and Biggie's played a lot, but that interior can they hold up um, against against the, the the teams that really want to come after them and run downhill? Yeah. And maybe maybe they don't get as much opportunity to come after the quarterback. Can they hold up um, against the against the run? And that helped too. That game got so out of hand that they just got to kind of tee off. Um, the secondary wasn't tested at all. Akron couldn't throw the ball. I mean, it's like the second series. I think I tweeted. I was like, "Well, Akron can't throw, so this is going to be a long night." I mean, they literally they had no shot. So the secondary was was not even remotely tested. Um, now, Pritchett, McCreary, some of these guys Monday they played a lot of ball. They've been tested, but this yeah. new group. I mean, you know, Puckett played a lot. Um, we didn't see Ladarius Tennyson. He didn't look. I don't. I don't think he played. Uh, Jalen Simpson played, but then left real early. Uh, he's been battling something. I'm not sure what's going on because he missed the last scrimmage and then he dressed out yeah. for the game and then left again earlier. So he's battling something. Um, but you know, Kaufman played a lot. So that secondary got. But Darius Knighton, um, those guys got a lot of experience and got definitely some of those new guys got to put some stuff on tape. But um, I'm with you on on the interior. And we won't know anything in Alabama State either. I mean, they're going to go to Penn State and try to figure that out. Um, yeah. But I do love – I was – Moultrie – to me, Moultrie and Romello Height were the, were the guys that stood out. Moultrie, uh, Brian Harson said after the game, he, he said he was really proud of T.D. Moultrie. He said he was happy for him and that Moultrie deserved that success. He said he's been really consistent. He's a really hard worker. And we've been waiting for the light to come on with him. Like, the, he, he's a good player. He was a, I think he was a four-star out of high school. He, he's a big, strong guy. I mean, his motor is crazy. He's got all that stuff. It just – he just couldn't really get in there with with, with, um, the, with the previous regime for, for whatever reasons were going on. Um, but he's got a and new – you're right about the new lease on life, man. He, his motor is high. He's a, he's a, he's a guy that wreaks havoc. He, he, he's going he's gonna to cause problems and disrupt things. Well, and, 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 dude, he's a, he is a team player. He's, a, he's an all-around – I don't know if you've had an opportunity to be around him much, but he is a great kid. I mean, he is – Harson mentioned that, actually. He mentioned how he's like he, – he's cheering his teammates on, and he brought that up, yeah. He is, he is a great – tremendous kid, and I think he is thriving under this new – staff in the sense that so so one thing and, and I had an opportunity to talk to TD during the Big Cat weekend and he made the comment to me that as a group as a unit or an entire football team that in previous years they they had not done much he made the comment we've not done anything together which really told me that they just they just kind of went about their, they went about their business, right? They, they were very, maybe internally were very cliquish. I, I don't know this, but he made, then he made the comment. He's like, man, these coaches, like they thrive on us being together. Like we do everything together, cookouts together. You know, we, we, the Tiger Olympics is what they're doing. I mean, everything they're doing is together as a team. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, what high school you went to, what color you are. That's just something Harson doesn't play. And I think that might be the type of environment that a kid like T.D. Moultrie thrives in, that he's so in tune as a leader and how hard he works that – he he needs that 
that sense of family, that sense of stability, that sense of, you know, unification that 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 helps him. But he's a, he's a great kid. And one that I think is going to have an extremely successful year. I mean, he's one that I would really like you. I'd I'd pick to have a breakout year for sure. Top to bottom. Yeah, he played well and he can line up inside. He he lined up inside a couple of times right over the center. Um, He's a, you know, he's strong enough to, to kind of take that on in, in some rush situations and, and not be overpowered and kind of slip by. I mean, I think one, one, I mean, he lined up in there one time and just within, within, you know, a blink of an eye, he was by the guard um, yeah. because he's so quick. And, um, and hey, and Peggy. Yeah, that I, once he, once he learns the position he's playing, I think he's a first round, he's a first round draft boy, draft pick as a defensive lineman. He's, he's that athletic. And once they really teach him, once Eason really teaches him the, you know, kind of the tricks of playing that position, he is, he's going to be someone that everybody needs to know where he is. Yeah. Pegues is really raw. Um, but, but no question about his athletic ability is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was a good balanced effort. Auburn played like sixty seven players in the game, um, so they got a lot of guys. Um, you know, a good amount of a good amount of snaps um, and, and dominate that opener. They play Alabama State at eleven a.m. this coming week. Um, Alabama State is probably I don't even know. They're probably better than Akron. Um, I would assume most people are. Um, what do you want to see? I guess in week two, is there anything? Um, that you that, that that you want to see. I mean, Al, again, Alabama State—they're not a team that's going to test Auburn the way Auburn needs to be tested. Um, it, you know, Auburn's not really going to face any real adversity. They shouldn't. So, you know, do you want to see? You know, for for me, I would say, hey, it'd be nice to see Bo come out and have another. Didn't have to complete ninety percent of his passes. Which, by the way, Bo Nix, if I would have told you. Bo Nix, the guy who completed 57% and 59% of his passes the first two years. If I would have told you, hey, in, in his first game in the offense, he's going to set the single-game completion percentage uh, record. You'd be like, I, I, I don't really see how. I doubt it. Yeah. Well, and two, and, and hey, man, you got to think, too, you, you go back and look from a, you know, yards per completion. He, he completed 20 balls for just over 275 yards. So that tells you he's not throwing slip screens. Yeah. You know, you know, so there's some yards or excuse me, some completions that were down the field. So that tells you that there's accuracy, there's there's reading a defense, all of those things that come into play that really excites you about where he is for 2022. Or excuse me, 2021. And I mentioned that in the article. You know, I wrote a kind of what we learned and one of the things about Bo Nix, but I said, hey, he completed 20 balls. How many were bubble screens? How many was yeah. a back shoulder fade? How many was, you know, a deep, a deep ball down the sideline? I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think Robertson – I see Robertson had a sweep. He had a, he had a nice catch and run. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know that they threw a bubble screen. I don't know that he threw a back shoulder. I mean, that's all Malzahn's offense well, and, was. You think about there was and, none of those. You didn't even attempt any of that. Yeah, well, and if you go back historically and look at 
and look at Mike Bobo's offense, that's just not that's not his mo. Mike Mike is under center, throws the ball to the tight end. He does a lot of digs, a lot of curls, a lot of comebacks. He he throws the ball downfield, and schematically, that's what he needs his quarterback to do. So, you know, what do I what would I love to see against Alabama State? More of the same. Yeah, you know, I mean that sounds, that sounds super generic, but yeah. beat an Alabama State the way you're supposed to beat Alabama State. Stay healthy, of course, but just continue along the line of of making the right decisions. And, and maintain the level of confidence that you need to leading yourself into the game in Happy Valley. Because that's – you and I both know that's a huge test, huge. And it's a tall feat to go up there and have an opportunity to win. So, it'll be interesting to say the least. But, man, more of the same is what I would hope to see and would expect to see against Alabama State. I would agree. I would agree. And you're right. It's like, well, yeah, of course, more of the same. But no, when you're playing Alabama State, you, what else can you say? I mean, you're, yeah, you just want to kind of – you want to look sharp and you want to dominate. It would be a shame right. to have to, to look that good in game one and to, and to, for some reason, not look as sharp in game two and then yeah. on your way to Happy Valley. That, that, wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be great. But, I mean, um, I, I think it'll say a lot about – and look, it's Alabama State. We get it. But I think it's possible that if they come out – and look sharp again. No penalties. Maybe one, one or two penalties. Maybe a couple penalties. No turnovers. If they do that again. I don't care. Akron, Alabama State, whatever. I think we could start to go. Okay, all right. This is we kind of see what Brian Harson's team is is going to be about. Certainly, this team right now. They're 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 dialed in. They're they're paying yeah. attention and they're focused. I mean, if yeah. they come out and they and they don't and then and, and they have a sloppy game, then we just I guess we just say, well, maybe they're not there yet. Yeah. They're not quite there yet. They're they're working to get there. So yeah, I think I think we'll just sort of take it game by game and see. Hey, can Bo, Bo Nix come out and do the same thing? Can they stay healthy? You know, maybe the secondary can get a little action, get a pick or two, um, stuff like that. So maybe the punt returners can get a little action. Javaris Johnson. So just continue to work on things. I'm sure the coaching staff is, you know, they're already watching Penn State film and they're probably looking for things Saturday that will translate into into Penn State. Yeah. So we don't, you know, obviously we don't exactly know what those are, but they're. They're looking ahead and probably going to start trying some things that that they're going to need the next week, and so we won't even know. They might we, they might run run some plays and be really happy, and we don't even know that they're thrilled with it. So um, yeah, well, we're off to a good start. Brian Harson era one and zero, as he says every week is one and zero. They're one and zero, and I guess they start over at zero zero, and it's about going one and zero again, um, which is which is just perfect. Brian Harson. Um, by the way, I have to bring this up. Chandler Wooten had a great tweet. I don't know if you saw it. Um, he said uh, – he tweeted after the game. He said, oh, everybody's back to love and Harson now, huh? I, just, yeah. I, mean, I was like, that is so perfect, my man Chandler Wooten. I mean, for all the people that are like, trying to wonder if they like Brian Harson, if Chandler Wooten and him have the relationship they have, and then nobody – to me, that's it. That's all I need to know. The kind of person – exactly those, right. those, those guys are different people. Different beliefs, I think, on on some different things. For those two guys to be tight and Wooten to have his back like that, yep. to me, that's all. That's all I need to, to know about Harson and what they think about him. Hundred percent. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate it, man. We'll be back next Monday to break it all down again. Sounds good, buddy. Y'all have a good. Y'all have a good morning, good afternoon, good week, all that good stuff. We'll talk to you next week, War Eagle. All right. Thanks, Ben. See ya. See ya. All right.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.